Welcome to the latest episode of The Quiet Cast. My name is Maureen Antunes, Editor-in-Chief of Quiet Earth. On today's show, I'm really pleased to bring to you a conversation I recently had with Peter Skopiak. Peter is the writer and director of The Last Witness, a post-World War II thriller uh, starring Alex Betterford as Stephen Underwood, an ambitious young journalist who discovers some information uh, about the murder of 22,000 Polish officers during World War II. The event is commonly commonly referred to as the Katyn Massacre. Um, I had a chance to talk to Peter a little bit about the details of the making of the film, specifically where the story came from, his personal connection to the story, and also how this project, which was in production on and off for 15 years, finally came together. Um, The Last Witness is available on VOD and Digital HD on May the 29th. Here it is, my conversation with Peter Skopiak. I wanted to start by congratulating you on the movie. It's a really wonderful watch. And I understand that you have a bit of a personal story attached to this. Can you talk a little bit about that before we actually get into the details of making the movie? My grandfather was executed in the Captain Massacre. So my mother was his daughter. Now that's the personal connection to the Captain Massacre. And, and how did you, like, when did you find out about the story? The story came from a play that my co-writer Paul Shambosky wrote. He researched Michael Laboda and he wrote the play based on that. And so when he saw the first film I made, a film called Small Time Obsession, he came to me and said, I think my play, Captain Witness, would make a good movie. So I revisited it and I kind of agreed. But it was it was a big ask, but I thought, no, I think I think this could work. And here we are, sort of 15 years later. <laughs> wow, 15 years. So, I mean, I'm really interested about that because it... it we all sort of have these personal stories in our lives, uh, but we don't always feel the need to, you know, put them out there and share them with the world. What was it about this that sort of spoke with you and that you felt the need to, to spend 15 years of your life putting this together and making a movie? Well, first thing I'll say, I didn't think it would take 15 years. You know, <laughs> I thought it'd be a bit quicker than that. But, you know, once you get into it, you know, you don't know how long these things take. You mm-hmm. just you stick with it. And it was something that I just couldn't, I couldn't shift. It was something that every time I thought, well, maybe this isn't going to happen, something would happen to kind of reinvigorate it, or someone would, would read it and say, oh, you should make this, or it would move forward somehow. So it was never allowed to kind of lie uh, and sort of die. It was always, um, it seemed to have a life of its own after a while, which I'm, I'm very glad it was. But um, no, I mean... I wanted to make it works on a lot of different levels I think the, the first thing is that you're right with a personal story you have to kind of stop and think who would be interested in this yes it's important to you yes it's important to your family but is it something that anybody else is going to care about and that's being brutal about it um, but I think you approach every film that way you know whatever story you come up with you are putting yourself out there and saying I think this is a story that people are going to enjoy or, be, or is relevant or is something that's important. So I just made that decision. I thought because it's a story that hasn't been heard, I hadn't heard about it. So obviously if I'm Polish and I know my history and I didn't know about it, then obviously that's a good start. And then I saw Schindler's List. When I saw Schindler's List, that kind of, that kind of made it um, relevant to me because the way Spielberg took one, put his focus on one character and the backdrop to that character was, was the Holocaust and this huge you know, huge event, 
I felt, well, that's exactly what I'm trying to do with Last Witness. I'm, I can't tell the story of the Captain Massacre because it's just, that's impossible in an hour and a half. But what I can do is tell the story of this one man and the backdrop is Captain Massacre. So now what I say is it's not a film really about the Captain Massacre, it's a murder mystery. It's, it's who was this guy in the same way that Stephen Underwood, you know, looks into the story. You know, I was looking into the story and hopefully the audience, you know, it does the same thing. You know nothing about it. And as he uncovers all these, you know, details, um, you know, we uncover the details with him. So I, I, I desperately wanted to make a good film uh, at, uh, at the end of the day. And then, um, you know, weave in this story that was actually true. But I thought that it should work as a thriller um, regardless. So if the guffin was something else completely, it would still work as a good movie. So that's, that, was the, that was the plan. Uh, and it's certainly very effective. It's a really fascinating thriller, for sure. Uh, I'm curious, when um, when did the movie finally sort of start to take shape? And when did it look like, yeah, this is finally going to happen? After working on it for so long, what was that moment where you, when you knew that this was the time that it was actually going to go forward? Uh, when Carol got involved, I, I worked with Carol in, in television drama. She was my producer on, on a project, and we worked well together when she got involved, and she was very fired up about it. And um, the first thing she did was go to Berlin, to the Berlin Film Festival, and that's when she um, when she hooked up with a Polish co-producer, Chris Solek. And that, to me, was a turning point, because up to that point, I thought Poland wouldn't be interested in the film. Um, you know, because they know the story. So I kind of thought I'm preaching to the converted there. Uh, I wanted to, why well, I made it in the English language, and so I didn't want to make a Polish film that, that ultimately not a lot of people would see because it's a, I didn't want to make a foreign language film. I wanted to make an English language film that as many people could see as possible. But uh, Chris, uh, the Polish co-producer, they're, they're, they're a young company, and he, sort of, he was sort of uh, early 30s um, at the time. And he said, oh, this is, you know, this is a film that should be made. And this is a film for Poland. And that was, in a way, a turning point, because then it became a European film. It was, it was now going to work both in Poland and in England, and then hopefully, you know, it could work anywhere if that was the case. So it's, it's not being a UK thriller, and, it, and as Carol would tell you, it's, it then became a European film. And I think that, that was the huge turning point. Um, I'm really curious about your casting and specifically Alex Pettifer, who up until this point, you know, he's made some films, but nothing kind of at this level. And he's amazing. Like, he's really a revelation here. And he's had been like on a bit of a, a binge where he's been making these really interesting films. But that, how did he become involved? And was it difficult for you to sort of make the jump to realize that, yes, he could pull this off? Because it seems to come out of left field when you've seen some of his other stuff. Yeah, but to, to you know what I what I really like about the the actors we've got in the film, how it fell fell together, is that I like to think it's a fresh cast. It's not the same faces, and I've always thought as a director, if you have faces that, that people you know aren't familiar with, uh, or actors that are doing things that that are kind of out of their comfort zone, you tend to believe the characters more, and you tend to believe the story. You get into the story a lot more, um, and you know, Alex was in a very interesting place because obviously he was, he's, he's getting older, he wants to do more mature roles and I just thought this was a perfect fit and obviously it's a perfect fit for Stephen Underwood because again, Alex wasn't aware of any of this and he came into it fascinated by the story 
and obviously um, saw that as an opportunity to do something sort of um, uh, very different for him. You know, he totally made himself look different, mm-hmm. and um, I love what Alex has brought to the film. I think it gives it, it gives it something really fresh, and, and hopefully, it will bring an audience to the film that may not have gone to this film otherwise. Um. Uh, the film looks amazing. I mean, the period trappings are really spectacular, and I'm really curious about um, the 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 production and sort of how long it took you to to do the the movie. Because I mean, I, you know, you've been working on it for so many years, and all of a sudden you get the go ahead. So how did that all come together? How long did you have for pre production? Uh, how long did you shoot for? How did that all come together? Production actually has been going on probably for 15 years because because I'm a director. I was writing a script for myself to direct, and being aware, um, uh, obviously having made this my second film, I made a, my first film was Small Time Obsession. So I had produced that, I'd edited that, I'd wrote it, directed it. I'd kind of done everything. So when I when I was writing Last Witness, I was very much writing it with one eye at how to produce it and how to direct it. At this point, Carol wasn't involved yet. So I was scouting locations. I was, you know, uh, trying to figure out how, how I would do this. Anyway, how we could do it and where we could do it. Because as time goes on, obviously all of these areas, like the camp, for instance, I mean, that we were so lucky to find a camp that still exists that still has those Nissan huts wow. um, there, their original hut. Uh, all that is disappearing very quickly, or it's becoming modernised, or they're or they're or they're renovating them. So you know, I was kind of on a clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I was always, always, as I was writing, had one eye on on production, if you like. So the pre-production has been going on for a long time. So when Carol came to the to the film, a lot of the locations were already found, and I was already had already done a lot of the kind of legwork, if you like. Um, and uh, so when it and that carried on with Carol then because then then it was casting and then then it was the, the the funding of it all and then slowly and slowly the whole thing comes together. I mean, you know, you, you know what filmmaking is like. It's amazing that anything gets done, mm-hmm. but there is a window where everything seems to just come together and you've got to do it in that moment. You got to get in, you got to get out, and then it's done. And that's kind of how it felt. <laughs> it never ends. It never ends. I'm curious if there was um, a, a, a something specific that was particularly challenging to capture, be it a location or a scene or a moment that you knew just had to be like right or perfect that you had some issues with. Well, I mean, the, the execution, the ex- the, all the scenes in, in the forest with when the when the Polish officers are being led into the forest and executed. I mean, for the whole crew, I think that's, someone said they, a lot of the crew didn't really, really know the story either. And after that day, a lot of the crew said, right, now, now we realize what we're doing. And even I did. At that point, you're looking at the monitor and you're looking at, at the actors and, and what's going on in front of you, and you're and you're realizing you are recreating something that actually happened. Mm-hmm. And that was very emotional because obviously my grandfather was mm-hmm. part of that. So I think in that moment, I think everybody realized what we were doing, and I felt the kind of weight of responsibility uh, in that moment. But obviously, you know, it was. Um, uh, what I'm trying to say is I think I'm glad that, that I, I felt that because I think if I didn't feel that, 
then there'd be something missing. You know, we're, we're doing something that is important to a lot of people and it is a historical uh, fact and it's historical memory. So it's a huge responsibility. Did that scene, did you do that early on in the shoot or did that, did that come a little bit later? Um, I think that was that was towards the the, the middle of the shoot. Mm. I think it was just before, so maybe a third a third of the way in, I think. And it was a miserable day. I remember it, it started raining in the morning, and it rained all day. Oh. Um, but when you look at the pictures now, it, you know it was it was a tough day. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know it was the perfect weather for that for all those scenes because it was it was consistent, and obviously it was it was. Um, uh, horrendous. It was horrendous, you know, at the time, and it was horrendous for us. But I think it, it captured something. Um, I hope that was real. Yeah, and and that scene, the the, the scenes that you have uh, of that massacre are particularly chilling. There's just something about the way that that forest is captured, and uh, especially when you kind of start to get the sense of what's going to happen. I mean, it's it's bone chilling. So I mean, the ma- the fact that you managed to get that across is really impressive, and you really feel the impact of what of the, the heaviness of that historical moment. Um, so the fact you managed to bring that to the screen is really, really appreciated. It's it's a piece of history that we don't know about. And I'm always curious about these sort of war stories that aren't, um, they're not specifically about the war. They kind of, they, they play sort of on the fringes. Those seem to be the most interesting. Um, so this, this film certainly falls into that category. Um, I'm curious, I know that you also do a lot of television directing, um, so you sort of work in both mediums. Do you prefer one to the other? Do you prefer doing features or TV, or, or is, do, do you, are there things that you like about one more than the other? Uh, I came into this, I came into this wanting to make films. I, mm-hmm. I came into this wanting to make movies. So when I made Small Time Obsession, I wasn't a professional director yet, and that was my... You know, I was working at Sky Television, which is here in London, on the movie channels, and I was running around with friends making films. And the first film I made was very much in the in the style of, you know, the Robert Robert Rodriguez films. You know, it was in the 90s. Everyone was just going out and doing it, and I was part of that kind of movement in the UK. Uh, I was always uh, wanting to be a, a filmmaker, wanting to make movies. That got me work, however. Um, in television and I certainly don't regret it because television has been the film school that I never had Mm. you know you're working with scripts every day you're working with your actors every day I mean I had that chance to 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 just play with everything you know all the all the shots I've ever wanted to do I've done that in television and obviously you're working to a deadline you know you're you're working professionally as a director and I brought all that to the Last Witness, and The Last Witness wouldn't be what it is without, without all those years in television. Um, because I think television, uh, less, less so now, but before was always the kind of the, uh, you know, second rate. It was, mm. you know, you're a filmmaker if you're making movies, but if you work in television, you're not a filmmaker. Uh, and that is so wrong, because, you know, television is not easy, and if anything, you know, when you have a lot of time, anyone can do it. When you have five minutes to shoot a scene, and you've got three you know, setups to cover and you've got to do it all in one go. I mean, that's directing. And it's no surprise, you know, that Steven Spielberg started in television Mm -hmm. and uh, ended up in movies. You know, there's a discipline about television that forces you to be creative. And I think it's kind of, it's it's undervalued, um, especially in, in this country. Uh, it's it's always been the sort of the, the second cousin to, to film, and I think it's wrong. And hopefully, you know, I, I'm I'm proving that in in my own little way because I hope the film 
is not just a, you know, a glorified episode of television. I, I like to think that what I've made is a movie. Oh no! That's not for me to say. Oh no! I you very clearly have made that very clear that uh, yeah you were definitely a a filmmaker in the grandest sense. Um, I'm wondering so what do you have planned for next? I assume you're going to try to do another feature. I'm wondering if you have anything that you're working on or interested in that you'd like to tell next. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's an action thriller called Winter in July, uh, produced with Carol, the producer of Last Witness, and a writer that Carol knows. Uh, the three of us ultimately wanted to make the same film. This is a, a story and an idea I had even before Last Witness, the first script I ever wrote, actually. And funnily enough, Carol had a very similar idea that she wanted to do, and the writer Avril had a very similar idea that she wanted to do. So the three of us came together and we've, and we've, and we've come up this, with this uh, story and screenplay that is about a brother and sister on opposite sides of the law, basically trying to find justice, their own, their own brand of justice, but in a world, in a, in a, in a sort of post-Brexit world in, a, in Europe, where Europe is dealing with political extremism, uh, nationalism and corruption. So it's set in London and Poland, so it's almost like a, a, a contemporary, a contemporary version of, of *The Last Witness*, but but much more uh, a film from from the blank page, but hopefully still relevant to what's going on now. Oh, it certainly sounds like it. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your time, Peter. Congratulations on *The Last Witness*. That's really fantastic, and I hope people get out to see it. It's really worth their time. That was my conversation with uh, Peter Skopiak, the writer and director of The Last Witness. The Last Witness is available on VOD and Digital HD on May the 29th. Thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode of The Quietcast. Be sure to check out QuietEarth.us for your latest news, trailers, and reviews. And stay tuned to this space for more great interviews to come. Until next time.